begin this morning's study in John's Gospel, chapter 7. We'll be speaking this morning about sound doctrine. We'll begin at John's Gospel, chapter 7. We'll begin at verse 13. Excuse me, we'll begin at verse 14. Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of my doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. There is a doctrine of God, and there is a doctrine of man's making. But we hold to the doctrine of God. In fact, Jesus addressed this. You may not have to turn to this. It's in Matthew chapter 15, verse 7 through 9. He says, Jesus speaking, he says, Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh to me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, teaching in vain the commandments of men, and the doctrines of men. He says here, Again, in chapter 7 of, of John 9, he says, uh, chapter 17, If any man will do his will, he will know of the doctrine. If we yield to God's Word, if we obey God's Word and keep God's Word, we will know the truth. Yeah. And that truth has set us free. Yeah. The doctrines of God meet all of mankind's needs. It registers with our heart, in our, in our conscience, in our, our reason. It commends itself to the very things that, that we need. And what we need is sin revealed in us. We need to understand that we are, we were sinners and the depraved nature we had. We needed God to, we, we could not change that on our own. We were unable to do that. He says, ye shall know. There's evidence of God's doctrine, of God's Word. When an individual comes to a place of prayer, wherever that may be, and you are introduced to the God of heaven, and the God of planned salvation is, is revealed in you through, through repentance and the remission of sins, and there's an evidence that takes place in man's heart that we find that, that God truly is in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. Right. And the Holy Spirit witnesses with your spirit and my spirit that we are a child of God and we are born again. There's evidence of God's Word is true. That whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And our life changes. The whole dynamics of our, our life, our homes, our work. 
changes. In our history book, the Apostolic Faith History Book, Sister Karen Barrett wrote was uh, wrote uh, some words introducing to to us this history book. And I'd like to share some of the words she wrote. She said, "We are grateful to the guardians of our history." I. I come to a place like this. I grew up in the church. And yet to, to be numbered with the saints of God and to appreciate those that, that you and I can stand in a place like this and hear the, the same gospel that they preached, the same word that they preached. Twenty years ago, my first granddaughter, only granddaughter, was born. June 24th, 20 years ago. And I remember taking her in my arms and rock, walking around the, the fish pond out there. And as I held her, I, I, my prayer was that when she gets to the age of accountability, that the sound doctrine would still be preached. Yes. And, and it is. Yes. We heard the same thing. Yes. As a 13-year-old boy, prayed down there. Yes. The, the same doctrine is preached today. We're, we're, our history is steeped in the, in the doctrines of God. She went on to write, as we trace the evidence, the events that shape the apostolic faith work and review its method of operation, how God has guided this work. May we be inspired and challenged to a deeper walk of holiness and motivated to seek God for a greater anointing of the Pentecostal fire that blazed on Azusa Street in 1906. We appreciate those that, those guardians. And we have a responsibility too. If we were to look at uh, John's second epistle, verse 8, it says, John wrote to those, he says, look to yourself that we lose not those things which we have wrought or those things that we have acquired the things that we have gained by those that have held true to the, to the sound doctrines of Jesus Christ. And the things that we still work for, we still strive for. The book went on to speak of the origin, the beginnings of the apostolic faith church and the purpose And its beginnings, which now 117 years, I believe. It says a worldwide spiritual awakening had begun in 1905 in Wells, where it's recorded that 100,000 people had been converted to Christianity. A desire to see a latter rain outpouring of the Holy Spirit had begun to grow. Began to think, had the long-awaited event that Joel spake of finally come? And in April 1906, when a group of saved, sanctified people in Los Angeles, California, met in prayer, Pentecostal outpouring came and became known as Azusa Revival. It's interesting, in, in that booklet, too, they had a, the first volume, and uh, 
of that paper, the Apostolic Faith paper, the headline was, Pentecost has come. Los Angeles being visited by a revival of Bible salvation. Bible salvation. And Pentecost as recorded in the book of Acts. What will be the headline of this camp meeting? Reviving? We're not sure. Hasn't been written yet. But even if the headline is that the apostolic faith is still preaching sound doctrine. We'd like that. That would be a good headline, wouldn't it? The people still being saved. People still hear the, hear the sound doctrine that, that, that Jesus came to save you and He will do a work in your life that, that no one else can do. The latter rain gospel had come and, and it's here. And this was a starting point for the Apostolic Faith Church here in Portland, Oregon. And we are certainly be a privilege to be a part of that. To be numbered with those that have, have gone before and have preached to us sound doctrine. I'm glad when I said in this place in 1969 that they didn't speak to me smooth things. They told me I needed to be saved. It doesn't make me feel good, but it, but it works. In fact, that... that that year I came to camp meeting. I wasn't saved. My old bro- older brother Steve was saved. And I looked up to him. He, he, him and his friends were, were different than me. But I wanted what he had. And, and I remember some of my friends told, told me. They didn't talk smooth things to me. They said, you, you need to be saved, Jack. Well, that offended me. I went down in the old showers over here. And I began to, to stew but I believe that evening the Lord began to speak to me and I found my way down here at an altar prayer and the Lord saved me. Yes. And He'll save you today. Yes. You need to be saved. The, the, the gospel, the sound, uh, sound doctrine will save you. And then the, the purpose, the, the origin and beginning, but, but the purpose became obvious. To spread the gospel, the good news of the gospel. That was the, 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 certainly the mission. And not only that, to maintain, maintain and teach all the doctrines taught by Christ and His apostles. And, and we see where our motto certainly came from. And why we chose that, or they chose that, earnestly contend for the faith that was once what? Delivered unto the saints. To us, that sound a gospel. What a blessing we have. And as you read Jude's writing, you'll realize that he, he, he was very urgent. And, and speaking by, by whatever means it takes to uphold the gospel, walking worthy of that. We don't want the gospel... Or the doctrine of Christ to be compromised. And we can certainly say amen to that, can't we, morning? So where did this mission, the responsibility come from? In Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, we find Jesus' words. And the authority 
to preach sound doctrine here comes from our Lord, Mark 16. We'll look at verse 15. And he said unto them, being Jesus, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What was the gospel? Christ said, it wasn't mine, but him that sent me. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. We need to be saved. And even the urgency is more so today. The Lord is coming. In Luke's gospel, chapter 24. We find this commission to, of Christ as well. Luke 24, verse 46. And he said again, Jesus, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses. We, we, are, we are witnesses of these things. The glory of the Father they seen, we have seen. And behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And we find that they did just that. They they did. They they obeyed Christ's commission. Acts chapter 4. Excuse me. Acts chapter 2. Turn to that. Acts chapter 2. We'll we'll read a few verses here. Acts chapter 2 verse 41. Then they that glad to receive his word, what they receive? Sound doctrine. Were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Boy, we'd like to see that, wouldn't we? Well, even one soul. This camp meeting produces one, one soul for glory, it would be worth it all. It said they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers and fear came upon all every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. It's good to come to a place where all things are common. When the whole world is chaotic, we come into under the sound of the gospel and it's a blessing, isn't it? And we as a church are commissioned by Christ. Nothing has changed for, for the church and today it is the same. In fact, let's look at, uh, look at First Thessalonians, if you will, this morning. First Thessalonians. The church today has a commission, uh, and a responsibility. First Thessalonians chapter, chapter two and verse four. He says, but as we, as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, as the guardians were, and as the Lord tarries, as those that come behind us will be, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak. And listen here what he says, not as pleasing men, but pleasing, but God, which trieth the hearts. We have been allowed of God. We have been put in, in trust with this glorious gospel that has saved our soul, 
That, 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 that we have a, a Spirit of God that leads us and guides us every step of our walk with Christ and, and the blessings that we are benefited. We have been allowed of God. To be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God. The history book speaks of our mission statement, which is to pray, to preach, and to publish. We benefit by prayer. We have benefited by our publications by those who have taught us and preached to us. Paul wrote to Timothy, Continue in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Uh, My growing up years in Roseburg Church, I I watched those lives that were lived before me. And I learned from from those because I knew they were established in in sound doctrine. We, We pray. Prayer is the lifeline. Of the church. Prayer is when we invoke God's presence. What would we be without God's presence? Just a group of people gathered together. Maybe singing some songs. But yet we we feel the the Spirit of God. Because God is still uh, initiating contact with mankind. Through the gospel. We preach and, and publish. We preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ, the Lord. That's right. I think he says, and we are servants for Christ's sake. That's right. We preach and proclaim the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And not only the transforming power, but the keeping power yeah. that, that is in this great salvation. Our, our doctrinal position as the Apostolic Faith Church. We are Trinitarian. We are a fundamental Bible teaching church. And we emphasize the original uh, Pentecost teachings of salvation, entire sanctification, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. We, we strive to be committed uh, to that mission and consistent, consistent, in our message. To be committed to the mission that has been passed on to us. And may we be consistent. Amen. There's so much inconsistency in the world today. But if maybe people look at your life, look at my life, look at the gospel of Jesus Christ and see it's been consistent since 1906. Before that, the days of the apostles, it's consistent. You must be born again. The Lord will sanctify you holy. The, the whole tenor of the New Testament is holiness. But it's all through, through Christ, for sure. It's within everyone's reach. I, I was raised, brought to Sunday school. But I didn't have any advantage over those that did not. It reaches everyone. Anyone that would confess their sins, the Bible says that He is faithful and just 
to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's turn to Let's turn to 1 John. We hear often in time to time about the sin question. But here in 1 John, and we'll we'll talk about that this morning, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning, for his for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. There, there's some, some foundation in there yes. that some overlook. Whosoever is born of God did not commit sin. For a seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. And we'll, we'll speak about a little bit more here. Whosoever is born of God did not commit sin. Let's look at Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. We won't read this whole chapter, but it's, it's a good read. Any questions for what sin is and what the blood of Christ does? We'll read uh, the first two verses of Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead in sins live any longer therein? Let's skip down to verse 8. Verse 8. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that he, we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. And this would include us here. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, because of Christ's work, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 12, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Jesus died and rose again, shed his blood that we can live a sinless life through the power of his blood. For sin shall not have dominion. Over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. So we see that, that, uh, that those that are born again, sin no longer reigns, rules, has control. It has no more dominion over you. So don't, don't let anybody tell you different. When the Lord saves you, He will save you indeed. He will save you to the uttermost. Let's read on here. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. 
But he says, God be thanked that ye were the servants. Ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. That ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine, that sound doctrine, that doctrine that saved your, your soul, which was delivered unto you. That, that same message that was delivered uh, here to the Romans, I, I heard myself, you heard, and, and it did a work in our heart. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. He speaks here in verse 17 about a form of doctrine. The, the doctrine of Jesus Christ has form. It has an identity. You can identify it from false doctrine. This word here, form, literally means it would be like something you, you would cast into a mold. And that, that mold would uh, create an image, a likeness, would imitate whatever that mold is. We have been cast, if you will, into the, the doctrine of Christ. And that Christian doctrine, which is sound, has molded us into a, a new creature in Christ Jesus, where we are no longer the same mold. We have a different form altogether. We have been transformed, translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. It's real. And you know that. <laughs> it has power to reconstruct the human character and, and again transform. The, the, in, in the Old Testament, it speaks that we were, we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. The blood of Jesus changes that. Yes. As he says here, but then being free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. And the new birth will do that. And we shall know the truth and it shall set us free. And free indeed. And we think of the doctrine, let's not to think of it as a doctrine is delivered unto us and we, we do with it what we feel we need to do with it. The doctrine is given unto us that it might work in us, work through us. And... Uh, this is uh, the greatest uh, commendation, I guess, of, of the gospel is the, the human character and how God changes it through, through the blood of, blood of Christ. You think of the, the blood that Jesus shed for us. In a commentary that I read, one about in Romans chapter 6, read a commentary, and the individual spoke of, of, of this chapter in full, but uh, singled in a, a couple verses. And his, his commentary after that was the, the uh, redeemed individual, the, the born-again uh, Christian, in so many words, he says, will uh, occasionally slip into sin. But that's not, that's not true. 
That's not the God, the sound doctrine. I tell you, when I prayed that evening, I didn't slip into the gospel. And when the Lord saved me that day, 54 years this camp meeting, not once have I slipped into sin. Not my doing, but it's the blood of Jesus. Some people equate these days the, the blood of Jesus as some ointment that cure the a malady or a rash on a body that you apply once in a while and have to keep applying again. You apply the blood of Jesus to your life. He will keep you. Yes. And, and Jesus said, if you, if you build your church, your life upon this rock, a uh, rock Christ Jesus, why the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Oh, they'll, they'll come against you, but they won't prevail against you. We have the blood of Jesus applied. And we're not once saved, always saved. In fact, Jude writes, he says, let's turn to Jude for a moment here. Jude, a couple of verses. Jude's gospel. Jude, verse 20 and 21. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, we have to keep he says, keeping yourself in the love of God. The Lord saved us. We, we build upon that. We build upon that salvation. The Lord wants to sanctify you, to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He said, but keep yourselves in the love of God. How, how do we do that? How, how do you keep something you treasure? We all have things we treasure. How do you keep it? You keep it safe. You, you keep it somewhere where nobody can get it. You keep it deep in the, the heart. That's sound, sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is, is helpful. Helpful doctrine. Helpful teaching. It contributes to the health of the soul and the body and the heart. In fact, uh, doctrine has, has three, three factors to it. it. It has scripture. It has experience. And it has intellect, or it has fact and reason. Let's turn to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. Chapter one, verse five. First Thessalonians chapter five, chapter one, excuse me, verse five. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, we, we, we've heard the word, but we just didn't hear it and, and leave it didn't do any, any ineffective. He says, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. So we have, we're, we have these, these factors here in uh, chapter two, verse 13. Let's start at verse 12. That ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. He says, for this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when ye received the word of God or scripture. 
received the word of God, which ye heard of us. Ye received it. You understood it. There's a reason behind that. It, it sounded true. It rang true in your, in your heart. You received it not as the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually that experience worketh in you also that believe. Doctrine has components to it that make it sound and available to all. First Timothy. First Timothy. Finish up here with these verses here. First Timothy chapter one, verse three, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. And in verse six. From which some having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling. They quit aiming at it. In other words, they quit striving for that sound doctrine. First Timothy chapter four, verse one. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devil. Not only departed from the faith, but to the extent that doctrines of devils were being taught. He goes on in First Timothy chapter 4, speaking to Timothy, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer in word, in conversation, in charity, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by, the, by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meet, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may be, appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. And we have heard in our, in our own experience. Second Timothy chapter 4. And he says back there, he said, he, he told Timothy, till I come. The Lord's coming. We need to do this till, till he comes. Second Timothy chapter four, verse one. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. We're not here just to preach. We're here to preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering the doctrine, for the time will come that they will not endure sound doctrine. In other words, they would grow weary of it, tire of it, uh, the, the repetition of it. But, but you know what? The repetition of it is what I love. I, I love hearing. Sing them over again to me. The, the wonderful words of life. We, we love to hear it. We love to hear the message of salvation, even though we're, we've been saved. It, it, it stirs us, reminds us where we were, where God brought us from. But they grew weary. We want to not grow weary in well-doing. Titus. Look to Titus here quickly. Titus. Chapter 1, verse 5. He says, For this cause left I thee in Crete, 
that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I appointed, or this, they're found wanting or undone. He, he was to, uh, to raise up workers, and there was criteria here for that. And he goes on, he, he reads here uh, chapter 2 of Titus. He says, speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. That, that sound doctrine means speak things that stand out. That stand out. Paul writes to Philippians, he says, that we might be blameless and harmless to sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom we shine as lights, holding forth the word of life that we might rejoice in the day of Christ, that we have not run in vain or labored in vain, to, to stand out, to stand out that, that people will, will see the, the evidence of it. In Ephesians chapter 4, we'll go through this quickly. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, Till we all come, again, standing out in the unity of faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We, we want to measure up to Christ, to, 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 to Him what He's done, that we henceforth, us, be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness where they lie in wait. And back to Titus once again, ch- chapter 2 and verse 10. He speaks in this verse, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that we may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. To adorn the gospel, to embellish it. One writer says to adorn the doctrine of Christ is to acknowledge who He is. What He has done for us. A life committed, a life consistent, to hold fast without wavering, without... uh, uh, Forsaking what God has done. But adorn it. Embellish it. You know, I, 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 I pray, and I think you do too, I, I pray that, that I have a faith in God that is incapable of doubt. God do with that. A faith just simply incapable of doubting the God of heaven who loved us and gave himself for us. We thank the Lord uh, this morning. May this camp meeting bring uh, Pentecostal blessings. May we find the Lord very present in our life. And may we, we find that the doctrines of Jesus Christ will, will benefit us as we serve the Lord and grow in it. Uh, God is so faithful to us. We thank him for, for the gospel. Aren't you thankful? For what we, we hear in this place, that we can come in here and, and know what we hear will, will take us from earth to glory. Amen. And whatever your need this morning, if you're not saved this morning, what, what an opportunity. The, the blood of Jesus uh, still avails. The blood of Jesus will, will save your soul. He will sanctify you. Baptize you. God bless you this morning. May the Lord bless uh, this camp meeting. The Spirit of God fall in this place. May we see a Pentecostal fire once again in this holy place.